just so you know, we're, we're, we're preaching for a series at the moment called Kingdom Come, and um, there's, two, there's two messages that I've not had chance to, to preach uh, just because of uh, either sickness or, or today, the change in the message. Um, I will record those, and we'll get those up on podcasts for you. But I just really sense the Word of God for us in this season, and our anthem as a church is this. There is more. There is more. You've heard me say this, church, haven't you? You've heard me speak these words before. And I just really sense that we were worshipping that God is saying there is more to come. There is more to be poured out. There is more to come in, in, the, t- in, in the months to come. There is more to come in the years to come. There is more to come of the power of the Holy Spirit in the coming days. Amen? And I truly believe that we're just seeing the start of something that God is doing in this house. And uh, not only this house, but this city. And um, it's going to pour out from the city of Plymouth, and we're going to see a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. Um, Our friends are here visiting. Uh, Pastor Lisa. Lisa is an AOG minister and uh, is, is a chaplain with the NHS as well. And uh, she's married to Michael, and they've got uh, five amazing kids. But just before I open the word, I just want to invite Lisa to come up and just share a bit of a story with you, a bit of her testimony. Is that okay? A bit of their testimony. So can you just welcome her while she comes up? Is that okay? Good morning, everyone. What a joy it is to be with you today. Thank you so much for the really warm welcome as we enter church um, on mass this morning, seven of us um, walking through those doors. And it's just been so lovely to meet you all. Myself and Pastor Steve worked really closely together um, for many years. And we've, um, you know, we such a sadness as they moved down to Plymouth, but also um, just such a joy knowing that you guys were going to be blessed with the best and we're going to receive such a wonderful family um, to lead this amazing church and so thank you so much for the warm welcome and it's just a joy to be present with you this morning and Pastor Steve's just asked me to share um, just a few words of testimony but before I do that I just wanted to just share a, a scripture that um, God impressed upon me during the worship time which is found in 1 Corinthians 12 and it talks about there is one body but there are many parts and just wanted to share that because Um, We are one body, but there are many parts to that body. And what that means is that there is a place for all of us to minister, to share, to be involved, to play our part. And when every part of the body plays their part, amazing things can happen. And sometimes we can look at the body and think that some parts are more important than others. But the passage of Scripture actually tells us that the parts that we sometimes consider as lesser, actually we treat with more honor. And so whatever part it is that you have to play in this amazing community and in the work that is happening here, it is important and it is of great value. And I just had a sense that as you all come together and you all play your various parts, that you're going to see some amazing things happen here in this city and just really sense something special happening here um, in this place. And it's just such a joy to witness that today. So just wanted to encourage you with that this morning. Um, I love your pastors. Steve and Becky are amazing people. They are the best of friends to us, and we're just so uh, thrilled to be here to to witness the special things happening here in this city. Um, I've been coming to 
this part of uh, the country for many years. I've been holidaying down here since the age of seven. Um, and so this uh, place is familiar to us and it's just such a beautiful place, isn't it? What an amazing place to live. And um, as Pastor Steve said, um, married to Michael, we have five um, beautiful children, but just want to share a little bit about our testimony um, of coming to that place. Uh, we got married in 2005, and um, a few years later in 2009, um, our firstborn Finn was born, and what a joy he is um, here on the front row. <laughs> and um, after having Finn, um, we wanted another child very quickly. We weren't sort of, you know, wanting to have a, a huge age gap. We, you know, we wanted a large family, and, um, you know, that was the plan. And we realized after some time passed that um, there, there were some problems with our fertility. And as time went on, we went and had the various tests and, you know, just expected, you know, to be told that everything's fine. It's just one of those things, you know, things don't always happen in the time scale that we want them to happen. How many of us know that to be true? We have our own time scales, don't we? We kind of have our own ideas of when things will happen and sometimes we map out our lives don't we and we think well at this age i'll be at this stage and then i'll get married and i'll have kids and i'll be doing this job and you know we have plans for our lives don't we but how many of us know that god's plans are often different to what ours are but we're to trust him in that process and so we went along to uh, the hospital up in nottingham to receive the results of uh, all the fertility tests we've had and we sat in uh, the consultant's room and he got all of our test results and these tests had been repeated several times, it's just part of the process and he looked at us and he said, um, you've got no chance, no chance of having any more children. He didn't have a very good bedside manner, I have to say, he was very blunt and um, we sort of looked at him a bit bewildered and thought, you know, well, we've got, we've got a child, you know, surely this is wrong. He said, well, there's no way of knowing whether this problem was there before and y or, or the problems occurred afterwards, but, you know, you've got no chance. And I said, well, what kind of chance? He said, a less than 1% chance. And so we left the hospital that day sort of a little bit bewildered, really. You know, when you receive some bad news like that, we were just, yeah, a little bit shocked to hear it. And um, we re I remember clearly leaving the hospital and both of us stood and... and we made a declaration that day that with, with God all things are possible. And we made that our faith declaration that, you know, in life you can either trust in, in what man says or you can put your trust in God and believe in that God's word is higher. And so we left the hospital that day with that as our declaration. Now at the time, my job was to work with pregnant teenagers. And so I was going to work every day supporting uh, teenagers who were pregnant and, you know, obviously a lot of them not wanting to be in that situation. And so it was a really difficult time emotionally. I'm sure a lot of you can relate to going through seasons of life that are really challenging emotionally and, you know, really require you to dig deep. And um, it was a real struggle at the time, you know, sort of having, having the very thing that I wanted to see in my life staring me in the face every day. And... Uh, at the time, just really felt challenged that, you know, I've got I've to make sure that my heart is right on this journey. My heart is right throughout this whole painful process. At a similar time to that happening, my, my uh, brother actually suffered 
Finn, can you take him out? Thank you. Big brother Finn to the rescue. Look at him. He's a good egg. And um, the benefits of big brothers, it's fab. And uh, my brother actually and his wife, they suffered a, um, a stillborn baby and it was a really sad time in our family. And during the months that followed, they were struggling to conceive again. And I felt challenged to pray a really brave prayer. And the prayer that God challenged me to pray was, God, don't let me have my miracle before they have theirs. I just knew that they would really struggle with that, you know, with the loss that they'd experienced. And so I went on a journey of just really trusting God with that. And um, during that time frame, God spoke to me through this verse. And it's in Romans 4. It's talking about Abraham. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. That's a challenge to us, isn't there? When in the natural, sometimes there seems no reason for hope, but God challenges us to keep on hoping. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. And just that part of that scripture that believing that God has power to deliver upon his promises, and maybe some of, some of us in this room need to grasp hold of that today, that whatever his promises are over your life, that he has power to deliver upon that promise. So I felt God, God really ministered to me through that, that scripture of just trusting that he would deliver upon that promise. And during that time frame, I also felt challenged that sometimes we can desire, um, we can desire what we want in life more than we desire Jesus. And I really felt God challenged me to lay down my desire to have more children and to make sure that my desire for him was greater, that that was first place in my life, not the desire for what I wanted, but to make him my first love. And so I really went on a journey, you know, it was a really challenging time. And not long after that, this is probably like a three-year journey by this point, not long after that, my brother and his wife came to me and they announced the news that they were having a baby. And I knew in my spirit, as soon as they told me, that's it now, it's my turn. God's going God's gonna, to, you know, deliver upon his promises. That same month, we were in church one Sunday, and our pastor at the time shared a prophetic message from the stage, and he said, um, just feel, I, wa I want to share that there's some, you know, someone in here today, this time next year, you'll be holding your own baby in your arms. And that was the last weekend in June 2011, and on the last weekend in June 2012, we held our baby in our hands. And it was to the day, you know, that we received that prophetic word um, to the day. So that was just such a beautiful, beautiful miracle. And, you know, we just assume we've had our miracle now. Thank you, Jesus. Um, that's wonderful. And um, as you can see, 
three more miracles <laughs> came along after that. So uh, we have a theory, myself and uh, my husband, that somewhere there is a, a faithful, lovely faithful old lady sat in church that hasn't had the memo that she can stop praying now, that we've had our miracle and uh, God's been faithful. Um, but yeah, just blessed to share that with you this morning. Just want to encourage you that, you know, sometimes in life you can face situations that seem impossible and can seem like there's just no way through this. I've got the doctor's report. It's clear, it's black and white, but just trust that what God says is higher than anything else, any other words spoken in your life. And so just wanted to encourage you to hold on to that this morning, just that sometimes, you know, like I had to go on a journey of reprioritizing my life and making sure that I made Jesus my first love. And I just really, really believe that as I did that, that God then honored me. And just, yeah, just want to share also that God can give back to you. You know, so when we lay things down and we trust him with our lives, he will more than give back to you and bless you. So thank you so much for allowing me a few minutes to share that this morning. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Lisa. Did you get that? It was impossible in the world's eyes. But our God, he works in the impossible. Yes? Our God works in the impossible. And we've seen that in, in our lives. And um, I just, uh, I was jotting through, uh, you, you might have saw me, seen me on my iPad uh, earlier. I was just jotting a few notes uh, earlier because I truly believe that God is saying that there is more to come uh, today. He's not finished with you. Uh, and if you believe that God has finished with you today, then I, you need to hear this message. Because God has not finished with you today. He's not done with the people of this world. He's not finished with this world. He truly is going to pour out his spirit again. And the glory of the Lord is going to be seen time and time again. Amen? You see, I truly believe that God's going to pour more of his spirit more of his love, more of his provision, more of his guidance, more of his goodness, more of his faithfulness, and more of his power in our lives. Yes? I want to read from Ephesians 3 verse 21, and God's really been speaking to me over um, the last uh, few weeks from these uh, verses, and it says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Oh, capture that, church. God is able to do immeasurably more. There is more. Come on, say with me. There is more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. That's you. That's you this morning. God's power is at work in you. To him be the glory. Come on. Because this isn't about us. His power works in and through us, but it's not about us. And God's glory will be revealed. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. 
all right, do you know what? Paul, for three glorious chapters in Ephesians, he, he outlines the riches and the goodness of God, doesn't he? He explains how privileged we are as a people of God that we are in Christ and reminds us that we have a love from God that surpasses all understanding. All understanding. And as Paul prays, he comes to the end of uh, those three chapters with these verses that we've just read, and it's almost like a shout of praise, but a reminder that there is more to come. There is more. Listen, these are the few notes that I've written down. My first point is this. Don't unable a God who is able. Oh, don't unable a God who is able. So often, church, we limit God. We put him in a box, don't we? But our God is able. You see, in these first few verses, what we see is Paul is sharing about God's sovereignty. Sovereignty. If I can get that word out. <laughs> the fact is this, that God, God is sovereign. And what does that mean? It means that he has wisdom. Come on. He has wisdom. He has power. He has authority to do whatever he chooses to do. Oh, and Lord, please pour out your spirit, pour out your power in this time. We want to see more of you, don't we? We want to see more of you, Lord. You see, there's no limit. There's no limit to what God can do. There's no limit to what God can do in your prayers. Come on, church. He has the capability to go be far beyond anything that we can imagine, far beyond anything we can dream, far beyond anything we can comprehend. And so often, so often we limit God in our minds. We unable a God who is able. Come on. You see what Paul's point is in these verses is this. There's no limit to God because he's able to do more than we can ever imagine or perceive. I want to encourage us, church. I want to stir us up this morning. I want us to believe and dream. Don't, don't lay down the prayers that you've prayed for years, church. Don't lay down the prayers and the promises that God has spoken over your life. Come on, we need to be a people who continue to pray. We need to be a people who continue to believe in the promises of God. Terry, Believe and remember in the promises of God that he's spoken over your life. Don't lay them down. Don't be discouraged. You've had a season of discouragement, but listen, God wants you to remember his promises over your life. God wants you to remember that he's going to uphold you and he's going to make a way. He's going to surpass your understanding. He's going to surpass your dreams. I want to tell you, Graham took me out for a drive and we were talking about how, how church is growing in the life of, in the, life of uh, the church. And we're just so amazed what God is doing. And he's, he's, saying, he's saying, Pastor, we, 
we need a big field or something. And he's taking me to all these massive places. And I love it because he's seeing big. He's dreaming big. He's seeing beyond. He drives like a rally driver, but... (laughs) (laughs) Two wheels. (laughs) But it was awesome. But this is what I love, guys. We've got to dream big. We've got to see bigger than what, what, what we see right now. Okay, we've got to believe bigger. We've got to believe that God can do immeasurably more than we can see or imagine. You know, I, there's been so many stories in Becky, Becky in my, my life of God's provision, of God's open doors. And it, you guys know, you know, you know our story here. But, but Lisa and Michael shared with you, they've been coming to this part of the, the country for years. We, w- we always used to holiday on the north end of Devon, and they brought us to South Devon. And we walked into the city of Plymouth for the first time, okay? We may never have done that. But God's hand, here's the thing. You guys were praying. We were praying. God, what do you want us to do? We had a dream. We've still got a dream. You guys have got a dream. And we're going to see God move in a fresh way, I'm telling you. I want you, to, I, want you to, I want you to see church. Don't enable God who is able to do more than you can imagine or think. Keep praying. Keep calling on his name. And know he's able to do more. There's more. Yes? My second point is his power is at work in us. You see, sometimes we talk about limitations, church. We limit what God can do. We limit the power of God. Yes? Listen, I've done things. I've needed financial provision. I've seen God provide it. I've, I've needed to see healing, and I've seen God heal. Yeah? I've needed breakthrough, and I've seen God make a, a way where there is no way. And I know this testimony after testimony in this house that have, uh, uh, where God has done exactly the same. Yeah? And we, we need to remember the testimony of God and not keep it to ourselves, but share our testimony, church. Yeah? Because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Yes? Jesus poured out his blood for you and I so that we could have a testimony to share with the world. Come on. The blood of Christ. We've got no slides for this, so don't worry. This is raw. This is as raw as it comes. His power is at work in us. And you know what? As Paul, Paul starts to reveal God, he starts to reveal this, this second characteristic of God's omnipresence, yes? Omnipotence, sorry. See, God possesses all power over all things at all times. Do we understand that? God possesses all power over all things at all times. He manifests his mighty power in so many ways. And we see that from creation. Come on. I love walking in our world. 
because you've just got to stop. We see, we see a big tree, but there's so much more in that tree. When you get into the DNA of, of how that's been built and what God's created, oh, it blows your mind. God is a mighty God. And I don't know how anyone can deny God because when you look at what God has created, how amazing is that? We see it in his miracles. We see God has performed miracle after miracle. You know, in Ephesus, God expressed his omnipotence by bringing together Jew and Gentile. Yeah? Do we understand that? He united people. He brought them to a place of home. What does that mean for us? It means that we, as Gentiles, can have life. We know Jesus Christ. How amazing is that? And here's the amazing thing. When we follow God, he chooses to unfold his power in you and I every single day. We just have to be willing to walk and follow Jesus. You know, when we walk and follow Jesus and we listen to what he's asked us to do, he will reveal his power in so many ways. I loved... I love, I love bumping into people from church and, um, and you guys not knowing that I'm there sometimes because it's, it's wonderful to watch you. <laughs> not, that I'm, uh, not that I'm being weird or wonderful. <laughs> I know that sounds really weird. But you know, you know what? I, I love our church because we're the hands and feet of God and you know, I will, I will sit and Elizabeth will be serving people and she will be pouring out her love and sharing the gospel every day. And I'll sit there working and she'll be talking about how wonderful church is and how wonderful God is and you need to know Jesus. And I'm just sat there and I'm saying thank you Jesus. Because you see, she has a testimony to share. Each one of us have a testimony to share. I know Joseph, he, he shares his testimony as he drives his taxi, as he meets people, as he loves on people. He shares his testimony, he shows the goodness of God. Valentina, as she goes into work, she shows her love for people. And she's different. Dave Squibbs. You can't be around Dave Squibbs and not be happy, can you? <laughs> Come on. You can't be. Because he's always got something to encourage you with. Why is he like that? Because he's got a testimony of the goodness of God. And the power of God works in and through him. This morning, church, are we getting this? We've got a God who is able to do more than we can imagine. But his power is at work in you. Yes? Brian. Oh, Brian's like my hero. That he'll go on a walk and he'll just share the gospel of God with people. How amazing is that? You know, Obri. I went into Obri's workplace and he's, he's telling all of his staff about, about God. And they should come to church. I love it. How amazing is that? Because we've got a testimony, church. We've got a testimony to share. What has God done in your life? How has God lived your life? And what has he done to share the gospel? 
You see, we worship a God who, whose presence is full of power. And when we pray to God, he is able to do far more than we can abundantly imagine, than we can ask or think according to his power within us. This, this begins with the power to comprehend God's love over your life. I want you to know that. You see, you can't do anything with if you don't understand that God loves you. Yeah? God loves you. You need some of us are walking around with walls that are way up. They're built up. We don't want anybody to love us. Come on. We've got to break down some walls, church. Because we can't, we can't be the people of God if, we, we, if we're not loved. And we don't understand love. And the love of God for our lives. Yeah? See, God loves you. Colin, God loves me. Yeah? I know sometimes it doesn't feel like it, but God loves you. In the midst of the pain, in the midst of the, of the things that you're struggling with, God loves you. I know that over your life. Jesus, he had a... You see, how do we tap into the power of God every day? We pray. We need to pray. In other words, we need to ask for it. We need to ask for the power of God to unfold in our lives. Every day, I wake up in the morning and I say, Holy Spirit, come fill me afresh with your power to do your work today. Help me to see what you see, Lord. Today, church, come on, I just want to stir something up in us because today we need the Holy Spirit like never before. It's the day of Pentecost. We need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was poured out for you and I so that we could have power to share the testimony of God in our lives and that we could go and do the work that Jesus has asked us to do. Jesus said that we would do even more than what he has done. Come on. And yet we limit God. Jesus healed the sick. But it wasn't, it wasn't just Jesus. It was the power of God working through Jesus. And as the sick were healed, God healed the sick. And let me tell you today, was Noel stood up, he had the courage and the power to know that God would work in and through him. And he wanted to believe that God would heal people today. And let me tell you, with faith like that, you will see miracles. Come on, church. We need to be a people who have faith to stand up. We need to be a people who wake up in the morning and we pray and we ask God for more of his power. We need to expect God to do far, far more abundantly than we can ask or imagine. How does God answer this prayer? Through the resurrection of his power, the resurrection power of the cross. You see, church, you need to understand that when Jesus died on that cross, it was finished. Sin was broken. Yes? But when they buried him, it didn't finish there. 
Because he wasn't buried in the ground. He rose from the dead. And he didn't finish there because this is what happened. He ascended to heaven. And he now sits at the right hand of God, acting on our behalf. But here's what happened. Come on, church. Yeah, we can't get excited about this. Here's what happened. As Jesus ascended up into heaven, what came down? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came down because we need the Holy Spirit, church. We need the Godhead, three in one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God the Father loves you. God the Father loves you. That he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for you. But he also sends his spirit, his power to work in and through you. Come on. What happens when God answers prayer? This, works, this brings me to my last point, guys. You see, he will be glorified. <laughs> he will be glorified. He will be glorified from generation to generation. It says in the scripture, he will be glorified from to let me remind throughout the all generations. He will be glorified throughout all generations. I want to tell you that I am a product of prayer. Come on. I am a product of prayer. My parents prayed for me. When I was in my mother's room, my parents prayed for me. And they prayed that I would know God, that I would know God throughout all my life. My children are a product of prayer. I want to tell you, my grandparents, they prayed for me. My grandfather, who, who knows the Lord, who, who preached the word of God, he prayed that his grandson would know the Lord and preach the word of God. I want you to know that there are men and women of faith that have laid their hands on my life and they've prayed for me that the anointing of God would work in and through me. But this isn't about me. But what's my point here? My point is this. That as we ask for the power of God to unfold in our lives and come into our lives, and the resurrection power to outwork in our lives, this is what happens. The glory of God is shown from generation to generation to generation. I am a product of the power of God going from generation to generation to generation. And I know today there are people in this room that are a product of generation to generation. They need to respond today. I know that. I know, I know Elizabeth is as well because she shared her story. Come on. This is why I said there's power when a grandma prays for her grandson. There is power when a mum prays for her children. There is power when a father lays hands on his son and speaks life into his child. I want you to know, church, don't stop praying. Come on. Please, don't stop praying. We, we've got to see a move of God like never before. There's more to come. There's more of God to come. And this morning, I know that, that, that God is in this place, but I also know that God is at work in our city. There is more to come. Keep praying for your children. 
keep praying for the prodigals. Come on. I'm believing that this church is going to be filled with prodigal sons and daughters. Yes? The prodigals are going to return home. I believe today that people are going to walk off the street because they've heard the praises of God and they want to see something different in their lives. They want to experience the presence and the power of God in their lives. I believe that as we walk out into the streets and we live our lives and we are the hand and feet of Jesus, that people are going to see something different in your life and they're going to want to know what that is. I truly believe that God is building something up in a generation and stirring something up in a generation. Stella, I truly believe that God's call is over your life and that God is going to do something mighty over a generation. God is just going to pour out. He's going to make you weep for those lost kids. He's going to make you see things that you've never seen before. You're going to reach out to a generation that is so lost. But you're going to have the answer. And his name's Jesus. I just pray over your life right now. I pray the name of Jesus over your life, that he dwells in your life. As you come to the altar, you come to the well of God, the water, the power of God, the holy power of God will pour out over your life and you'll know Jesus afresh. But as you carry Jesus into a generation, you will pour out his living water into a generation. church let's stand I've run over a bit I'm sorry but I've been told off for saying sorry about running over as well so yeah so I'm sorry for that as well you see in one real sense God's glorified in in all that he does isn't he with all that said, God has a unique capacity to sh- display His glory. And we learn this in Ephesians 2 and 3. We see it just poured out. And in Ephesians 3 verse 9, it says these words. And, I'm, and to, to make it plain to everyone, the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, come on church, now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. Now, God's intent is that now, through the church, that's you, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior. 
Come on, church, let's reach out our hands. There is more. There is more. Speak over your life today. There is more. There is more of the power of God. There is more of the presence of God. There is more of the Holy Spirit of, that is, is at work in your life. There is more. Holy Spirit, we pray today, pour your presence out on our lives afresh. Pour your spirit out on our lives afresh this morning, Lord God. We pray, Holy Spirit, come and work in us. Lord, if we've limited you in any shape or form, we, we say, Lord God, you are a God who is able to do immeasurably more than we can imagine or dream or think. Lord God, today we say, come and do immeasurably more than we can imagine or think in this place, Lord God, in our city. Lord God, help us to see things bigger and greater in your power, in your name, Lord God. Lord God, we pray that your glory will be displayed in great wonders like never before, Lord God. We pray, mighty God, today that your power will come and outwork in our lives like never before, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, not about us, but we pray, mighty God, that your glory will be shone from, from all generations, from generation to generation, Lord God. We pray, mighty God, that the presence of God, the presence of God, the glory of God will go from generation to generation. Lord God, today we choose to follow you. Today we choose to do what you've asked us to do. Because Lord God, there is more. And we know there's more. Thank you, Lord. Spirit of God, rain down.